Did you know that every major diaper company either financially or vocally supports abortion? If that appalls you and you're looking to support a baby brand that aligns with your pro-life, pro-family views, then every life is your solution. Every life firmly believes that regardless of where someone is from, what they look like, or whether they were planned or unplanned, every baby is a miracle from God worthy of love, protection, and celebration. Every Life offers high-performing, supremely soft, premium diapers and wipes delivered right to your doorstep. Their diapers are crafted without fragrances, dyes, lotions, latex, parabens, or phthalates. And you can feel good knowing that every purchase with Every Life contributes to changing lives through their support of pro-life organizations and pregnancy resource centers. Every Life is not just changing diapers, they're changing lives. Visit everylife.com to learn more. That's everylife.com. And don't forget to use promo code Duffy10 for an exclusive 10% discount on your first order today. Hey, everyone. Welcome to From the Kitchen Table. I'm Sean Duffy, along with my co-host for the podcast and my partner in life and wife, Rachel Campos Duffy. Thank you, Sean. Thanks. I'm so happy to be at the kitchen table. And I'm so grateful that you were able to postpone our podcast start time by 15 minutes so I could actually finish my workout because you always say that I walk around in my workout clothes and I don't actually get it done. And I actually did it today. And only because you let me start the podcast a little bit later so I could complete it. And that's why I'm, I'm still breathing heavy here a little bit. <laughs> Well, and what I tell Rachel is just because you put on your workout clothes doesn't mean you're worked out. You actually have to put on your workout clothes and work out. They go, you know, together, but yeah. one doesn't work without the other. So good for you for working out today. Thank nice you. Job. You are, you're my inspiration. You're so dedicated and disciplined uh, and I need to be that. more like you in the workout space. But that's not what we're talking about today is your oh, great workout. No, we're not. Dedication. We're talking about politics um, and kind of what's been happening. So if we go back about four months, there was a lot of energy and enthusiasm because things were so bad, but the enthusiasm that Republicans were going to win the House and they had a really great shot of taking back the Senate. Right. Um, and to that point, in May of uh, this year, the generic ballot. So the generic ballot is they just ask voters, do you want to vote for a Republican or Democrat? They don't put a name on it. They don't ask you about a specific person. They just ask Democrat versus Republican. In May of this year, and this is according to Fox polling, 46% of voters uh, wanted a Republican and 39% wanted a Democrat. So there's a seven point spread. Republicans are up massively on the generic ballot. Because if you're up, if you're, if Republicans are up in the generic, they're probably even up higher than that, right? right. I mean, this if, if you're like, actually going to do the election, it's actually going to be a blowout. Those numbers are bloodbath that you've never seen before politically if the election was held with that a generic day. ballot with Republicans up seven points. That's right. Yeah. Today, um, it's 50-50. So on a generic ballot, Republicans are at 41%. Democrats are at 41%. So there's been some slippage. And we want to talk why? about- Why? 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 Why, Sean? The, the economy's not any better. The policies are crazier than ever. This week, they they just- you know, gave $10,000 to graduate students and, 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 and bachelor degree people with bachelor degree loans and graduates degree loans. What is going on? And nothing's gotten better. 
Well, to that, I, I don't want to make the case for, for Democrats and Joe Biden, but gas prices, no thanks to Joe Biden or Democrats, gas prices have come down. And I was, to, Rachel, you and I were talking about this, um, not on the podcast, but I was like, you know, when I was paying five thirty a gallon and now I'm paying, you know, four something and change or, you know, three something and change, I feel like things are so much better even though they're still horrible compared to what the historic prices were. But the prices we so at the sh- grocery store aren't any better, Sean. They're getting exactly. worse. Exactly. But what they're saying is, I feel like it's getting a little bit better. It's still horrible, but it's getting a little bit better because gas prices have come down. And that makes people feel a little bit better about their own pocketbooks and about their lives and not quite as bad about Democrats. That's just that's just the reality. And so, th- so that's in play, which is why I think these numbers... Uh, have have tightened, and they were going to tighten anyway as we get closer to elections. Uh, elections tighten numbers. I'm going to talk. I don't have a whole lot of fear here. I'm going to tell you why. But the, the the numbers have tightened. The races are going to be closer. But also, I I, w- I want to get into the topic of abortion because the Supreme Court's decision has mm-hmm. also had a play in um in the way people feel about who they want to vote for and. Um, I've I've seen that in polling, but I've also seen that firsthand here in Wisconsin, and we can talk about that as well. But I think it's fascinating, Rachel, um, that there's a lot of commentators that aren't looking at the broad themes of this election cycle. You have commentators who are saying it's nobody's fault that Republicans are now in tighter races with Democrats, but that of Donald Trump. It's Donald Trump's fault, right? So they're saying it's not it's not that you know, abortion is scrambling, you know, the sentiment among even some suburban Republicans. It's not um, that gas prices drop because the demand is lower, but, you know, they're feeling maybe a little bit better about the gas prices, although I don't think they should um, over the long term. But it isn't any of that. They're saying it's that Donald Trump has endorsed crazy, uh, crazy candidates because Donald Trump has been very successful in terms of endorsements um, and those people going on to win their primaries, correct? Is that what you're saying? Uh, yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. And so I want to play a clip. Ooh, this is a clip of Charlie Sykes, um, who's an MSNBC contributor. He was on uh, Deadline White House, which is on MSNBC on August 23rd. And Charlie said this. One of the do- uh, legacies of Donald Trump is encouraging, and he uses the word, encouraging idiots convincing them that they should run for office. You know, idiocracy was a documentary. And, you know, this is part of this erosion of the gap between entertainment and celebrity and politics that no longer um, are we interested, or the Republican Party under Donald Trump, interested in getting experienced politicians or people who have, uh, you know, who uh, are, you know, have intelligent ideas about public policy. Uh, You have uh, NFL stars. You have people who have been flogging flogging supplements on on television. You have uh, somebody like J.D. Vance. So we know Charlie Sykes well uh, in Wisconsin. He was the biggest conservative conservative talk uh, uh, show radio host. And conservative talk radio is big in Milwaukee. He uh, left conservative talk radio and now is an MSNBC contributor. Uh, Some had suspected when he was in talk radio as a conservative. He wasn't really a conservative. And his true colors really have come out now that he's on uh, MSNBC, but Rachel, um, I, again, he wants to bash the candidates that Donald Trump might have supported, but actually the voters voted for. They won their primaries. And J.D. Vance, um, a very accomplished man, the author of 
hillbilly elegy running in Ohio, uh, ran in a, in, a, in a tough primary. And the voters, I think, Rachel, that this is what Charlie misses, they're sick of what Charlie Sykes wants, which is a politician who will go along, get along, they will, they will mold and meld their views to that of Washington. Voters want someone, not always like Donald Trump, but they want someone to put America first. Are you going to put fight me her. first? They Are you going to put my, my job first, my country first, my community first? That's what Donald Trump has driven um, with the candidates that he has supported. And that's the kind of Congress I think conservatives want is one that's going to say, I'm not going to sell out to China. I'm not going to you know, make sure we're beholden to foreign countries. We want countries, we want to be independent, self-reliant. We want good jobs, a growing economy. Um, and those are the candidates that Republicans have voted for, which by the way, gave us the results of the America first policies under the four years of Donald Trump, which were remarkable. Yeah. You know, I think that Republicans went, listen, we tried the Romneys and the John McCain's, um, we tried the Paul Ryan's. We tried to be polite. We tried to do this nicely and it didn't work. Right. Um, the March, the, the Marxist cultural Marxism, um, the bad economic policies, the Bernie Sanders wing of the party has taken over um, America, really. And so they said, we don't want to do this nicely anymore. And they had Donald Trump in and things got really, really amazing economically for Americans. Our borders were safer. Um, the, the working class was doing better than ever. I saw a stat just recently, just kind of a reminder. You know, we'd have to go into ancient history to remember what the Trump economy looked like. The poverty rate for black people went below 20 percent for the first time ever. Um, you know, the, the lower classes were their wages were rising quicker um, than any other um, segment of the of the population. So things were looking really good. And now things suddenly crashed. And so I think people are going, you know, I don't even if they're not sure about Donald Trump, um, you know, in terms of his personality, they cannot argue with the results. And so I think that's where they're at. But I do I think, think that abortion has scrambled it, Sean. Um, and and I'm and he brought abortion, you know, the, the Roe versus Wade decision to us with his appointments. You and I have been ecstatic about it. We love living in this pro-life country again. Um, but there are a lot of people um, and not just Democrats or a lot of uh, Republicans, who, especially moderate Republican women who live in the suburbs, who are not so happy with that decision going back to the states. Um, and I think you have to look, Sean, at some of the stats on abortion. Uh, you know, I think it's um, at, at least a, a quarter of all women, close to a quarter of all women have had an abortion. And so there's a lot of mixed feelings about about that decision. Well, I, th I, I think you're right. And uh, Democrats, again, don't have anything to run on. They can't run on the border. They can't run on crime. They can't run on the economy. They can't run on inflation, food prices, gas prices. Like there's nothing there. Everything they've touched. The war in Ukraine, turned, so, Sean, the war, all the, the money going to Ukraine. Outrageous. The withdrawal from, Af the withdrawal from Afghanistan, you know, uh, the, the quality of the education that our kids are getting. There's nothing that Democrats can run on. And so very smartly, They've said the one issue that we can run on is um, is on abortion, and what we can do is we can call our Democrat opponent—I mean, sorry, our Republican opponents—we can call them radical and extreme, and drive that message to get the voter to forget about how bad the economy is, how bad Democrat policies are, but to get them to think about one issue. Um, I want to, uh, Sean. Can I just say it's worked before? Yeah. I mean, they remember you—you you ran 
when Hillary Clinton and all of them, I, I think it was maybe 2012 when they were doing the war on women. Right. And then they've been really successful with redirecting people towards race. And so now they're going back to race and women. It's 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 well, you know, trod, you know, the path for them. They've done this before. They, they have. And I want to just play a, a, a clip of one of the ads, an example of one of the ads that Democrats are running against Republicans. Doug Mastriano scares me. As governor, he would outlaw abortion here in Pennsylvania. My body, my choice is ridiculous nonsense. Doug Mastriano would make all abortion illegal. Forcing pregnancies, even in cases of rape or incest. Even to protect the life of a mother. I don't give away for exceptions either. And Doug Mastriano would criminalize abortions and put doctors who perform them in jail. Doug Mastriano is too extreme on abortion. This guy is so extreme. Way too extreme for me extreme 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 and this is these ads are driven somewhat towards men but really driven towards women and those soft republican women who again think things are bad economically but want to preserve uh this issue of abortion that's who it's directed at and that that margin with those voters who could flip from republican to democrat on this issue is enough to win an election. And just, it reminds me when I ran for Congress the first time, and it, this is where I'm going back to 2010. It was the first, it may have been my 20, uh, 2012 election. There was a, a set of ads that Republicans want to take away social security and Medicare for senior citizens. And they think that was the message. Things weren't going great under Barack Obama. So they were going to hit us on Medicare and social security. Um, and what we did is you can't sit back and take that. You actually have to fight back with good ads of yourself. And by the way, Rachel, I don't think that Republicans have fought back hard enough and strong enough with good ads of their own. But I did an ad with my mom. Um, who uh, yeah, I remember was, that senior, ad, Sean. That was one of your best ads. I love that. I, I love that ad. It was. In, uh, we, we were talking about, of course, I'm not going to take away Medicare. Of course, I'm not going to take away Social Security. And by the way, my mom is on Medicare. My mom is on Social Security. And here she is. To tell you that her son would never do oh, that. But to the, her Sean, you're you. missing the point of that ad. Your mom's a Democrat. That she was what Democrat. was so brilliant about it. Your mom was <laughs> your mom is a Democrat. And the Democrats were running ads saying that you were going to steal their social security. And so your mom's like, I'm a Democrat and I'm voting for Sean Duffy. And then she explained who she was, and it was such a sweet ad. And um, and it was sincere. It was it was obvious she was voting for you. She knew you weren't going to do that. Um, and she was the perfect person to do that ad. And yeah, you, they probably got to get more creative um, in, in doing that. What would you say, Sean, should be the message? So, by the way, you and I have been called extremists just last week because we prayed the rosary. Um, we did a whole <laughs> podcast on that and, and we were on primetime talking about it. But so extremist is definitely a word they must have pulled and think is really effective. We'll have more of this conversation after this. Hey, folks, it's your man, Keyshawn Johnson, here to talk about Angie formerly known as Angie's List, your go-to home services, marketplace for getting all your jobs done well. Now you might be wondering, what exactly is Angie? Well, let me tell you, it's the nation's largest home services marketplace, connecting over 150 million homeowners with skilled professionals to tackle any project, big or small. As a homeowner myself, I always have things I want to work on for my house whether it's general home renovations or fun projects like putting in a pool. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it a breeze 
to research, compare, and hire pros, ensuring every job is done well. Whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or planning a full kitchen renovation, Angie's got your back. And get this, folks. Angie's pros aren't just any old contractors. They're your neighbors, often running small businesses right in your community. Plus, they've been rated and reviewed by others in your area. So you know you're getting quality service. So why stress over home projects when you can turn to Angie? From finding the best price to scheduling a pro at your convenience, Angie's got you covered every step of the way. So get started today at Angie.com. That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, your trusted ally in home services. So let's say you're in a race. Your opponent puts that ad that was up against Mastriano up against you. Now, what's your response? I mean, what I know it's kind of I'm asking you this on the fly, but what in general is the way to push back on that? Listen, so you want to talk about extremism. I think most Americans, again, we're, we're life at conception um, as a family and as a couple. Um, but I think a lot of Americans um, want some kind of exemption uh, for rape and incest. And some of them might want even, you know, to the heartbeat of, of a baby in the womb. So that's kind of where this general public is, where you're able to move the votes. They're they're not not midterm, not late term abortion, but they're you should allow it accessibility at a very early stage of pregnancy. That's not where Democrats are at, Rachel. No. Democrats put a bill on the House floor that allowed for late term partial birth abortions. They're they're the they're the extreme party that don't want any restrictions on abortion. They want it uh, anytime, anytime um, throughout the pregnancy. And some of them want it uh, even after the birth of a baby to be able to kill that child. So that's the extremism. Republicans have to run ads and talk about the extremism of their opponents. And they, yes. they kind of cower away from this issue. And I think you can do it in a way that one, attacks Democrats for their radical position on abortion, but then, then, then two, talks about the humanity of a baby um, in the womb yes. and the life that it's going to become and talk about, I mean, there's a compassionate part of the pro-life movement that should be struck in these ads. And I think with that kind of um, ad structure, Republicans, um, at least if you, if you will muddy the water to go, because people are stuck going, do I want no abortion or do I want late-term partial birth abortion? I don't know what I'm going to do. Maybe I'm just going to move away from abortion. I'm going to vote on the economy. I'm going to vote on the well, is that, Could that be crime. the other thing? Could that be the other thing is like, so they attack you on abortion. Maybe you do a few ads to, to counter them and show how extreme they're, you know, through birth and beyond, um, you know, for legalizing abortion. But then just really hit the economy. I mean, everyone's feeling it. Everyone is feeling it. No one is happy with what happened in Afghanistan. No one is happy, you know, with all of our money going to Ukraine and not being, uh, you know, at all checked and we don't know where it went and, and no one's accounting for it. I mean, there's so many things to hit them on. Maybe that's the stuff that you should do, especially the economy. Now, now you're making my creative juices flow. Not only, I would play a clip of their ad calling me an extremist or a radical. And then I'd go, I'm radical. Look at their border policy. And I'd play yes. footage of an open border. I would say, I'm radical. Look at how much money they've spent um, outside of the normal budget on on uh, on COVID, the COVID relief package, $1.9 trillion. Look at the money that they spent on infrastructure, which none of it's going to infrastructure, $1.2 Then they did the CARES Act, 
$250 billion. They just did this, um, this uh, Inflation Reduction Act, which has nothing to do with inflation. It's a global warming bill at $750 billion. Add it all up and talk about why their extreme policies have made your dollar buy less. Talk about oil and gas and how they won't let us produce yes. American oil and gas and want us to go to Venezuela um, and, to, and to Saudi Arabia and to Russia to get our gas and our oil talk about their extremist views that have truly impacted people's lives. But you can't sit back on this stuff. You have to punch hard. And frankly, I don't think Republicans have been hitting hard enough um, yeah. on these issues. And if you let Democrats define you in these ads, you're going to lose. But that's so um, interesting because that's one of the things you told me when I started seeing some of these poll numbers tightening here. You also said, Rachel, whoa, 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 whoa. September's a big month because right now, August... Um, late August, there's all these primaries. Um, September is sort of when the primaries are behind you. And now you have, as you said, your chance to start to identify your opponent um, through ads. And if you do it effectively, as you said, you can really make huge gains in September and really turn a race around. This is not where it's at. But one of the dangers that you talked about, and I saw it with you when you were running for office, is that the candidate raises a pot of money, right? And those go towards ads and all the things you need to do to run your campaign. But then there are these outside groups that are unaffiliated with the candidate, but that are working on behalf of the candidate. They, they're called PACs. Um, I don't know if there's any other names for them, Sean, but there are these third-party groups. You can't coordinate as a candidate with any of these people. If they work on your behalf, they have to do it without you knowing. And sometimes they go and raise a ton of money for, say, Sean Duffy or Ron Johnson or or Blake Masters or whoever is running around the country. Right. Um, and then they raise all this money and they put up ads and they can be really effective and, and get great companies with great production value and do these powerful ads that really help you. Or they can put up really crappy ads cheap and then pocket the money because there's a lot of grift in politics. Oh, there, there is. So, I, you know, th the best money you give is to a candidate in need. So if you have a candidate that you love um, that's in your district that has a really safe race, they probably don't need your money. But find another candidate that um, that you can give your money to that's in a tough race. You're saying don't uh, give to PACs. Is that what you're saying, Sean? Well, I'm, I'm going to get to that. But I'm saying give to candidates who need the money. Give to them yeah. first. That's the most yeah. important thing uh, because they 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 can buy they can buy ads cheaper than everybody else. They get the lowest rates offered by TV stations and, and um, cable companies than anybody in the market. So they're at the bottom. But if you're coming as a super PAC, they get charged much higher rates. So your dollar doesn't go as far, number one. But number two, you're not sure about the messaging. The, me the messaging of a super PAC running ads might be brilliant or it might be horrible and undercut the message that you have to your voters. And you know, as a candidate, the people that you're trying to persuade better than some super PAC that's based out of Washington, D.C. Yeah, that's true. When you're trying to run in Wisconsin or Minnesota. Now, all super PACs aren't bad. There's some that are affiliated with the uh, the NRCC or the uh, NRSC. So that's the Democrat or the, sorry, the Republican House wing and the Democrat. I'm sorry, the Republican House wing and the Senate wing have super PACs and they're running good ads. But some of the other groups um, can actually waste your money and not be helpful. But the most important, and that this is, we, you mentioned this on a different podcast, Rachel. I want to make the point again. When I'd go to um, uh, fundraisers outside of my district or even my state, I'd say, "Listen, you can't vote for me because I have you're not in my district." 
but every day I'm in Congress, I can vote for you. The policies and, and the issues that you believe in, I can vote for because I'm a US congressman. And so even though they may not be your member, getting good people to, 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 to win these races, your dollars do help them out. So um, I think that's a really important point on the super PAC front. Um, I, I wanna talk about the numbers quickly, Rachel. I told you that the, that the, uh, that the generic balloting is at 41 uh, to 41 right now. And some people might think, oh my goodness, this is not good for Republicans. The generic, and I've said this a lot, but the generic ballot favors Democrats just in the way that voters turn out, especially in midterms. Dem Democrats can, um, can be up by, um, or actually down by two points. Republicans can be up by two points. Democrats can be down by two points and Republicans will have a great night in November. When we won in 2010, that historic majority um, we were down on the generic ballot. Republicans were by two points and we had a, a huge night. So even being tied right now um, and in August when really people aren't focused on races and candidates and issues, it's not all that bad, but it is a substantial slide since from where that number was in, in May. And I think it does come back to, again, the ads that are being run and the abortion issue and Democrats effectively using it to peel off female voters. Yeah, I do think that, it, you know, it is a, a thing that the Republicans need to think about is, you know, how do you appeal to, to female voters who might be peeled off by some of um, the abortion stuff? But I, I still think women, Hispanics, Blacks, we're all the same. You know, we all are facing the same things um, that, you know, everyone else is facing. And I just sometimes I think we think too much in this segmented way. Do you think that's true, Sean? I, I do. I think we're all human beings, right? We all have families. We all, and I, I don't know this, but women know what a baby feels like in the womb. I mean, that's, so, th these are, this is real. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, go, going back to, to tie this in, you were talking about the John McCain's and, and um, Mitt Romney. Uh, Mitt Romney. Thank you. They were, they were, they were likable. They were moderate. And when they weren't running for president, the media loved them because they fought the Republican Party. But when yeah. they ran for office, the media absolutely skewered them, hated yeah. them, obliterated them. And I think the Republican voter has learned, you know what? I, don't, I know what the, the media is going to do to us. I know how they're going to flamethrow our candidate. I need someone who can stand in that flame and not cower, but punch back and fight back. And I've always said, I, I might not always like the way that Donald Trump does it, but I don't know if, if I don't have someone like Donald Trump, maybe the alternative will never do what Donald Trump did, which was take the heat and still stand up and fight for the American people. And I think voters after Trump go, are you a fighter? Will you stand up and fight for me? And you show them that by actually fighting back in this ad war that's happening right now. Wait right there. We're going to have more of that conversation next. Since the 1970s, working-class Americans and U.S. investors who saved wealth in dollars have seen the dollar lose over 80% of its purchasing power. In contrast, investors who diversified their cash into gold saw gold appreciate over 5,000%. For Americans who invested $50,000 in gold when America left the gold standard in the 70s, their gold is worth more than $2.5 million today. While gold carries no guarantees and past performance does not equal future results, investors who do their own research will see that gold's performance over this time span is what gold has consistently done in the face of eroding paper currencies. 
For over 15 years, St. Joseph Partners has built its business with a singular focus on helping investors diversify their wealth and protect their families in physical gold and silver you hold in your hand. Don't let your hard-earned savings go unhedged. Call St. Joseph Partners or go to our joint website, kitchengold.net, not .com. That is kitchengold.net and protect your wealth. Do you know who's showing they won't fight for us? It's Mitch McConnell. It seems like he's already thrown his hands up. So he saw this tightening that, as you described, Sean, sounds like kind of a natural thing that happens given some of the news cycle, just given some of the the things that naturally happen in the political cycle as well with primaries and and not as much IDing of of Republican versus uh, Democrat candidates at the, at this particular stage. Um, we're just entering that stage. There's this like natural tightening that's happening. And he just says, kind of like, you might as well be Char- Charlie Sykes, the guy we played in the very beginning of our of our podcast, who says, oh, these crazy, you know, tr- these Trump endorsed crazy candidates. I give up. I can't do anything here. And he's it, it just seems like he's already ready to give up his his uh, his leadership, his majority in, in the Senate, you know, possibly in November. I, I I think it's that kind of attitude that people are frustrated with. And, I, and, and a lot of people wonder if. Mitch McConnell and, and, and others are care, you know, they, they hate Donald Trump more than they love the party. Yeah, no, I think it's a good point. You know, you, 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 you don't, you don't as the leader in the, uh, in the Senate get to pick the candidates that run in that primary. Actually the voters do. And so the voters that's have democracy. That's that is democracy. The, the, the voters have selected and you can, you know, roll your sleeves up and get out there and help them out, help them out. Or you can, play this game it's like well if we lose the senate it's not my fault it's you know it's donald trump's fault Look, listen don't play that game i don't want to i don't want to i don't want to see that game played i want to see you be a scrapper go out there and fight for your guys and your candidates and you know Raphael warnock in georgia the current senator is a crazy looney tune socialist um oh, that's no, a race a communist. That we, he is that's a race that republicans are down in that um, we should actually win. But I think as, again, money flows, ads come out, I think Republicans still have a great shot at winning that seat. I think in Nevada, in Arizona. Can, can you back up on that one, Sean? That's an sure. interesting race. Uh, that's Raphael Warnock, who is, get this, a pro-choice pastor. Um, talk about an oxymoron. Um, running against Herschel Walker, who's a famous football player. Correct, Sean? Right. I know, you know, I don't know a lot about sports. I know he's a famous sports guy. I wasn't sure if it's baseball or football, but it's football. football. And Trump loves him. He endorsed Trump and Trump did get him to run. And he's had some issues. Um, you know, I think there was a, you know, I think there was a child, a, 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 a child, right, Sean, a, that he he had that he didn't we didn't know about and came out of the woodworks. And so there's been some he's not been a perfect candidate, but who the heck is a perfect candidate? Um, but he's up against Warnock. And it's interest that race is interesting to me because if you look over at Wisconsin, you have Ron Johnson, who is, you know, I don't have to tell you, Sean, I think he's my favorite senator. And not just because he's from Wisconsin, because he embodies that fighter um, all through the pandemic. He's been, you know, if if there's been anything that's come out, it's basically on on the, the, the abuses of the American people of big pharma 
of so many things that have happened during the pandemic that we've been so frustrated with. It's been Ron Johnson and Rand Paul in the Senate who've done the most work towards uncovering them, um, whether it was the origins of COVID, et cetera. I mean, he's just an amazing uh, senator. And I thought he was really this was going to be easy for him in this cycle with the economy and with how much he's been fighting on these issues. But that race is he, he's he's behind and, and and quite a bit. So when Ron Johnson, Ron Johnson is running against an African-American candidate in uh, Mandela in in Wisconsin. And some people are looking at the last race where Warnock won against Loeffler in Georgia and said, you know what? Um they went so hard against Warnock that that the, well, the African-American community got angry and they think that could have been um, helpful to Warnock. And so there's this you know discussion going on now in Wisconsin about, you know, how Ron Johnson should frame his race, because you talked about, Sean, in September, everyone really starting to ID their opponents. And so there's some some discussion about whether there's parallels there. There's a lot of things that aren't very similar. Um, the, the circumstances in Georgia, um, a lot of Republicans stayed home because they were upset um, and thought there had been, um, you know, some funny business at the polls. And so uh, and, and Donald Trump had weighed in on that. And so some people said, well, my vote's not going to count on the Republican side and didn't go vote. But but it is true that some people felt like um, they went really hard on Warnock and it ended up benefiting Warnock. So I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, Sean, or what Ron Johnson should do. I imagine that Big Pharma is going hard against him because he's going to have hearings. Yeah, no doubt he is. He's going to get to the, the to the truth uh, and the evidence and the studies uh, on the vaccines. And again, let the chips fall where they may. But just he's he's a um, a warrior for truth, and I, I love him for that. And in Wisconsin, you know, we have this independent streak where we like independent senators, and Ron Johnson has been that. But Mandela Barnes, uh, who is running against uh, Ron Johnson, you don't have to attack people personally in these ads. Again. You mentioned, um, you know, you know people's people's background, people's history, things they might not always be proud of. Listen, that's human nature. No one's perfect. There was one he- perfect human being that lived on Earth uh, two thousand years ago. That's it, right? No one's yeah. perfect. You got to you got to accept the faults of of the men and women who run, um, and then you got to say, what are their policies? What what are they going to go fight for? And that's Mandela right. Barnes is someone who you know, is also a, a radical extremist um, in the in the wake of like an AOC type person who, um, again, if you look at the border, if you look at crime in, in cities, even in Wisconsin, yes. um, if you look at inflation, if you look at socialism and communism, you look at these themes, you look at school choice, which is meaningful in Milwaukee. Yeah, sure. All is. issues that Ron Johnson can run on and talk about that go to the issue that affects everybody's life, regardless of your skin color, and uh, distinguish himself against um, Mandela Barnes. And I think that can be effective. And again, not attacking people in their persona, but attacking people's ideas and why their ideas are wrong, I think can be incredibly effective. And especially when times have been so hard because of Democrat um, policies. So again, I'm I, I, Rachel, I'm proud that of the slate of Republican candidates, I think they're by and large, um, a great cross section of America running with different ideas. Many of them have the same theme, though. They want to put the country first, uh, the workers first, um, and have policies that support uh, American ingenuity, American innovation, you know, American jobs. 
upward mobility. That's a, that's a really good thing. And we saw when we have those policies, you mentioned this earlier, the results for the four years of Trump were amazing. And you see when you get this Marxist socialist ideology that comes into play, the results of that are actually devastating for the American people. And you got to get back to those core kitchen table issues um, that I think will win this election. And again, this is not lost. This is it's tightened, but we're going to see, I think, some some greater expansion. Are we going to win the um, Senate, Sean? Are, are, are Republicans going to win the Senate? I'm so surprised. So, uh, it's in play. I mean, I still even with the abortion issue, I am shocked it's in play. So what's interesting is, you know, this, the, but because senators have six year terms, a yeah. third of the Senate is up every election cycle. So only a third of the Senate is up um, in 2022. Um, it's a tough map for Republicans. I will tell you that if Republicans don't win it in 2022, the map is much better in 2024 and they will win uh, yeah. the Senate back in that election cycle. But again, I think again, I, I, I think that, you know, Pennsylvania is going to be more challenging. That's Dr. Oz in Pennsylvania for the Senate. Um, Ohio, I think, looks pretty good there for Republicans. But I do I think, think so, too. Again, you're going to I was mentioning this before. You're going to see uh, Arizona, Nevada. I agree. Uh, Georgia, all in in play in tight races. We're even talking about uh, Washington state now becoming in play. Democrats had to spend five million dollars there to shore up their candidate. So, again, I think that this 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 story is developing. And as issues play out and as Republicans are effective in fighting back and pushing back, we'll determine whether they're successful or not. I'm still a believer that Republicans are going to win um, 40 seats in the House, which will be a would be a historic number and majority that Republicans would have as Kevin McCarthy would then become the new Speaker of the House. And Sean, so I, I agree. I think ideas matter. I think the ideas and the policies are 100 percent on the Republican side. Um, I think they're smart on the Republican side to talk right now about I don't care if Fauci retires. We're going to have hearings. We're going to get to the bottom of what happened in COVID-19. Um, We're going to get to the bottom of what happened with our weapons in Afghanistan and what went wrong there. There's going to be hearings on the border on all kinds of stuff. I think it's important for the Republicans to continue to signal that they mean business with that, uh, because I think that kind of oversight is important. I will say, as your wife, um, as someone who you know stood by you during you know some of the toughest campaigns, money matters. And ads, quality ads matter. One of the things I was most proud about your campaign, Sean, was the quality of your ads. And, you know, no matter where we were in the district, people knew who you were. They knew your ads. Young people liked your ads. Old people liked your ads. Sometimes I think pol some politicians, you know, they get that money and they can be cheap with how they spend it. And, um, you know, you obviously want to make sure your, your money lasts um, and that you're, you're managing it well. But boy, quality matters. People, you know, are turned off by cheap ads. Yeah, and I think it's a really good point. Not only do you have to talk about the issues uh, and who you're running against, you also you also have to talk about yourself. Um, yes. And we would talk. We we did. I did lumberjack ads, chopping ads, tree climbing ads, log rolling ads about my lumberjack history. We did family ads, yeah. um, which were which were great. And so we were able to tell who I was, who our family was what my past was in Wisconsin, but then also do hard hitting ads um, on issues. And I think, again, that's that's what Republicans have to do in the creative side of that. You're right. And especially as we all know this as these ads keep running, we, uh, hate, we, hate, we, hate, com we hate commercial breaks, having some creativity, some humor in those ads. 
people love that, especially in a cycle where it's we're inundated with ads, you know, at every commercial break, they want to see the 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 a little lighthearted fun ad. You get a lot of mileage out of that as a candidate. Out of a good so, creative ad. Yeah, you have to go negative yeah. at some point, definitely. You at do. some point you have to ID your person, but also going into social media, um, being a creative candidate yourself who knows how to use social media. Um, and if you don't know how to do that, that you've got young people on your staff or in your family um who can help you make you know your message get beyond um, the, 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 the normal venues. Cause you just can't win anymore by just having an ad on a broadcast, um, station. Cause people just don't watch TV the way they used to. They're not engaging in media in the same ways. And you have to be creative. I really hope Republicans step up. I think our country is on the line. Um, it is a little scary, Sean, that, you know, uh, three months ago you and I were, you know, saying, Oh, this is going to be a bloodbath. And now we're, we're still optimistic. We're still hopeful. Um, we still feel good about it. But it, it, there, there's definitely, you know, some landmines there and Republicans have to be smart with how they message, smart with their money um, and, and donors and supporters also have to be um, smart with their money and how they how they give their money and make sure it's going into the right place. You know, I well, I'll use this, this example. I look at um, Fox covers a lot of New York City. Uh, and the crime in New York City and how bad Alvin Bragg is as the, the woke DA and uh, Mayor Adams is as a woke mayor in New York City. I'm like, I don't care. Listen, you voted for this garbage. Live with That's it. Right. Live with your crime. I don't care. I don't want to live in that. And if I if I lose elections and that's the, the community I have to live in, I'm going to move. I'm going to go somewhere else. And the point here is, what kind of America do you want to live in? We have a choice and we have to engage and make sure that, again, I, I, I would love to go back to the Democrat Party of Bill Clinton that uh, actually was fighting for America, had some common sense. And I can't believe I'm saying that, but it's true. This Democrat Party, this Marxist Party has gone so far left. Um, if you don't beat them in an election cycle like this, when things are so bad, I don't know that you can ever beat them. So yeah, that's um, such a great point. That's such a great point, Sean. It's it, it's true. And, you know, all year long, you and I are going is is, is now when he's going to pivot, you know, because we, we do have those memories of Bill Clinton pivoting um, when he was losing the people and they never did. They've just doubled down and doubled down with the bad ideas, um, with the spending, um, with the craziness and and never, ever throwing a bone to, to the middle ground to, to show that, you know, he could at least pretend to unify that never happened. And so, yeah, you're right. If we can't win in this cycle, um, when will conservatives and Republicans win? And, and you and I talk all the time about what a, what a stranglehold um, the liberals and the radicals have on, on the young generation. So it is an important election. It's fascinating. Um, I think you're right, Sean, that September is going to be a pivotal month. Um, it's sort of a make or break month in a lot of ways. Um, you know, Dr. Oz, I think is starting to, um, ID his opponent. Now his opponent's not, um, uh, you know, helping a little bit in that, you know, he, he, he had a stroke and I think some of the appearances he's, he's had is showing that he's really not with it completely. Um, also he's a trust fund kid who tried to pretend like he's blue collar. You and I've met a lot of those people, Sean, up in Ashland, Wisconsin, a lot of rich kids trying to pretend that they're, you know, blue collar and they're not. Um, and uh, we, we've met a lot of those people up in northern Wisconsin. And um, so I think that that race, you know, is, is not over. Um, and 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 I think Ron Johnson, Sean, you think he still has um, a lot of fight in him, oh, right? I think, Ron, I think Ron Johnson wins Wisconsin. 
Uh, he's down a little bit in the polling now. Mark my words. Ron wins Wisconsin. Uh, I he's can't, done that I before, too, he, hasn't he, Sean? He's done that before yeah. where he, people people counted him for dead and he comes back. The, 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 the guy the guy is a fighter and has like a cat nine lives. So yes. um, it's going <laughs> to listen. It is. It's going to be a, it's going to be a great and interesting cycle. Um, and I guess the takeaway, if you've made it to the end of our podcast, is 41, 41. It's still a great number. Uh, and I think it's going to improve as September comes uh, our way and we move through it as, you know, again, the voters start focusing on the real issues that affect their lives. Um, and they're going to realize that, oh, hey, my governor matters in regard to the de- uh, to the abortion debate. But my senator doesn't matter. My House member doesn't matter. We're not passing federal legislation. This was given back to the states. And mm, so point. federally, senators and House members if this was me, I'd be like, I don't know, go talk to your gubernatorial candidates, go talk to your assembly and Senate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, this is an issue that's not going to come up with me. I don't know my personal opinion. This is what it is, but it's probably not coming up um, uh, one way or the other in the House and the Senate or a bill that's going to be signed. Great so point. go talk to your state guys, uh, which is a great way to pivot away as a as a federal candidate <laughs> away from the issue. So uh, but listen, I appreciate everyone tuning in. This is a topic uh, politics that Rachel and I talk about all the time. We live and breathe it and love <laughs> Can it. You tell? Um, and so uh, we appreciate you joining us at the kitchen table again the, this week. We always love our conversations and we hope if you liked our podcast, you will rate, review and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Uh, make sure you're downloading every week the, uh, you know, the conversation from the kitchen table. Bye, everybody. Have a good one. Listen to the all-new Brett Bear podcast featuring Common Ground, in-depth talks with lawmakers from opposite sides of the aisle, along with all your Brett Bear favorites like his all-star panel and much more. Available now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.